UK Cambridge Centre podcast. In this Integrated Cancer Medicine Research in Focus series, I talk to various ICM members about their research and how it is supported by the vision of the Mark Foundation Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine. MFICM research uses cutting-edge analytics to maximise the use of diverse high-volume datasets and by capturing cancer heterogeneity in time and space in patients receiving active treatment. Integrated Cancer Medicine aims to transform the way the world treats cancer by affecting patients along their treatment pathway and ultimately accelerate cures. Today I have with me Professor Richard Gilbertson to discuss the Integrated Cancer Medicine vision, both now and in the future, with a line of sight into the new Cambridge Cancer Research Hospital. Professor Gilbertson is Director of the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre, Lee Ka-Shing Chair of Oncology and Head of Department of Oncology at the University of Cambridge, and he is the overall lead of the Mark Foundation Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine. Morning, Richard. Can I start by asking you, what is integrated cancer medicine and why is it a key strategic objective for the Cancer Centre? Yeah, morning, Ali. Uh, So integrated cancer medicine is not really a new concept. You'll have heard about it in various different forms. But essentially in cancer and many other diseases, the amount of data that is generated from a patient as we go through treatment, so initially as they present, go through diagnosis and then go through the treatment, is now at massive scale. So that includes the genomic data that people may have heard about, that's reading the expression of genes in the tumours, which runs into the thousands, if not millions of data points for each patient. We have very complex imaging approaches where we can capture the very details of the inside of a tumour inside a patient. And then we have other aspects like their clinical behaviour of the disease. And then we can take blood from patients and measure and mutations in the blood. So massive amounts of data. The problem is that traditionally we keep that data separately and we look at each data set individually and try and infer what the patient may or may not do today, do tomorrow, do in six years time. And so integrated cancer medicine, thanks to the breakthroughs that are coming through with artificial intelligence and machine learning, is seeking to collect all of that data, turn it into a cloud of numbers, if you like, for that patient, so that every single data point is captured as one single holistic view of the patient. So we can make decisions today and we can project what that patient might be doing in the future and allow that cloud of numbers to interact with each other. So it might be that the imaging will tell us what we see in the genomics and vice versa. It allows to prioritize certain tests over others and ultimately make much more accurate decisions about the care of patients. And can I ask you, how is integrated medicine different or similar to personalised medicine? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of terms floating around from this. I mean, personalised medicine really is, again, it's not a new concept. Personalised medicine is about treating the individual rather than treating a disease. So rather than treating, say, a group of cancers with a certain kind of therapy or a group of leukaemias with a certain kind of therapy, it's about looking at the individual disease a patient has. So as we've gone into particularly the genomic here, we've understood that although we can group patients into generally certain types of cancers, each patient's tumour is unique, just like that patient is unique. And that's sort of the concept of personalised medicine, understanding what this disease is in that person. That's increasingly important because we have something called comorbidity. So obviously cancer exists in a person perhaps in their 70s, 
And that person might have lots of other disease processes or their own sort of inherited germline, as we call the DNA that makes that person up. All of those can interact. So we need to think about a person as an individual. Integrated cancer medicine is a form of that, but the word integrated actually carries on the notion that actually we're taking lots of different strands of different sorts of data and bringing them together to make single decisions about patients. And so it's in a full of form of personalized medicine that captures that idea of integrating data. Thank you. And we've touched on it a little bit, but can you tell me how integrated cancer medicine is different from the current standard of care? Yeah, so basically, even in the sort of most sophisticated centres, including Cambridge, but many of the sort of CRUK centres around the country, like Manchester, Oxford, London, etc., they're all using advanced genomics in various forms or advanced imaging towards helping to make diagnoses and helping to advance care. But traditionally, that's done in the context of clinical trials. So if I want to test out a new imaging modality, or if I want to try sequencing, we, we might do that in the context of a particular clinical trial. So for example, in a simple way, if there's a drug that targets a particular mutant protein, we might target sequencing in that patient and then give those patients that have that mutation the drug. What we want to do is transform standard of care so that actually that becomes standard for every patient. So every patient who walks in the door with a cancer gets that kind of holistic, very detailed view of their disease. And it would be a sea change in the way we manage patients. Sure. Can you tell me a little bit about where the ICM vision began and what does it mean to you? Yeah, so actually when I came to Cambridge, I, I'm a paediatrician or a paediatric oncologist by background. And this approach really wasn't a major consideration of paediatric world. We've always worked closely together. We've always had used advanced genomics. But actually this is a, an idea that's been muted around and, and talked about in lots of different centres around the world. But certainly in Cambridge, I think the first proponent of this was Professor Carlos Caldas, who's one of our excellent breast cancer researchers and doctors. And Carlos really had to push that idea forward initially before I got to Cambridge. And then when I came as Cancer Centre Director, we chatted about that. And the idea was really important. So obviously we took that on as a major strand in the Cancer Centre. How have you brought together all of the elements required to do the research within the Mark Foundation Institute for Cancer Medicine? So my, my job as Cancer Centre Director and, and Chair of Oncology is really a facilitator. And so my job is really to find those outstanding individuals in our environment here in Cambridge, which we have a lot of. Think generally about what the strategy should be for integrated cancer medicine, but then really pick the best people to do it and really empower them to get on with the job. And so we have fantastic individuals, Gene Abraham, James Brenton, Eva Sala, Grant Stewart, Lots and lots of these individuals who've played key roles in driving integrated cancer medicine forward in their own themes. What we've also done is um, strategically pick a few diseases like breast, ovary, renal medicine and pancreatic cancer to start with, and then bring together a team of experts who can look at those different modalities like imaging, like liquid biopsies, like tumor genomics, have experts in those fields, but also along with that massive computational power and AI machine learning in the likes of Maria Crispin Ortuza. So we've got a fantastic team together. In terms of what have I done, it's really just find those brilliant people who can actually do this work. And of course, most recently we've added hematologic malignancies and that's been a real plus because cancers of the blood are such a major component of what we treat both in children and in adults. 
The research is so innovative and cutting edge. What have the opportunities and the challenges been over the last three years? I think by far and away the biggest opportunity has been bringing people together who are not usually uh, working together in different disciplines. So we have pure mathematicians and statisticians, physicists, um, individuals involved in really advanced computation, so the AI machine learning. And although that's really a second language in medicine today and increasingly used, in the Cambridge environment, we've not really engaged with that in cancer. So I think that's been a fantastic opportunity. The other opportunity is it's sort of crystallized all of those multiple disciplines around a common mission in integrated cancer medicine. And that feeds through into the vision for the new cancer research hospital uh, and the success we've had in, in raising money and getting the commitments of government for the cancer research hospital and just pushing that idea along has really been driven by the innovative idea of integrated cancer medicine. Of course, we also see great opportunities for patients emerging now. So and we've had fantastic interactions with industry to create the sorts of tools that will be used in the clinic, which will transform patients' lives. So they're the big opportunities. I think the challenges go along with those. So when you bring lots of people together who don't know each other's fields and think differently, that's a challenge. It's, it's a fun challenge to get these people to understand the languages that each other speak, how they interact. I think the other challenges are more subtle. So we're very comfortable with the way we treat patients. So you're getting into a routine of what's called standard of care, the way we normally do ward rounds, the way you normally do multiple team meetings. People don't get, it's not comfortable, but we get used to under a high pressure environment of cancer medicine, uh, how we practice. So bringing about a change in that and a real sea change in how that's done is quite challenging because you need to be able to quite rightly convince the practitioners that this is going to be meaningful. It's going to add something to the patient's life. It's going to add something to the professional's life. It's going to change the landscape. So that's an ongoing challenge about how you actually change the structure. And that's even more challenging in the NHS environment, which is constantly under stress. So there's some of the opportunities and challenges. Yes, of course. So we've heard throughout this podcast series about the amazing research that's being done within the ICM research portfolio and how it will be, or in some cases already, is being translated into the clinic. What do you think this research means for patients? Yeah, so I think th the first thing I would say for that is perhaps surprising. So everyone thinks about improved survival and decreased morbidity from cancer and toxicity. We can talk about that in a minute. I mean, constantly what we hear from patients is their desire to get involved in research. Um, so a cancer diagnosis is devastating, of course, for any individual, but Typically, what those individuals are looking for, whether it's a family with a child of cancer or a 78-year-old individual with cancer, they're looking for hope. They're looking for the best. They're looking for the biggest opportunity to extend their lives and improve their lives in the face of this diagnosis. And they want to actively participate often in a plan and partner with healthcare to achieve that. So I think this produces an amazing structure, an amazing team in which the patient is part of that team to really participate in changing the field of cancer and how we treat patients. And then passing on from that, we're taking all of the information that the patient is giving us and using it to the maximum. Every patient would want to do that, would want us to see that if they give of themselves, if they give of their tumour information, if they give of their time, if they offer themselves up to have experimental treatments, which of course we do a lot in cancer, they want to make sure that we're, as the custodians of that information, are using it as deeply and as broadly as possible for their benefit and the benefit for others. And then the third thing is really how 
This will improve, I think, the selection of patients, treatments for that individual, going back to that concept of personalized medicine. But very importantly, reducing toxicity. I think one of the big challenges we have in cancer at the moment is the conventional treatments we use, like surgery, radiotherapy, and chemotherapy. They're fantastic treatments, and they cure many patients and extend the lives of many patients. But in some cases, we probably overuse them. And in some cases, we use them when probably they're not going to work. And integrated cancer medicine gives us the great opportunity to, for each individual patient, select the best possible treatment. And that, of course, means that they're going to have the maximum chance of extended life. But also, we're not exposing that patient to unnecessary side effects of these treatments, which can be quite significant when they never needed them. So I think there's a benefit from patients, both in terms of the activity of the drugs and the radiotherapy and the surgery we give, but also minimising the damage we cause them unnecessarily. And that's really due to integrated cancer medicine being able to show early on whether treatment is working or not. It's partly that. It's partly being able to show early on because you could argue that you could do that, for example, with imaging. What integrated cancer medicine does is progressively by learning through that AI and machine learning approach, by learning from every single patient, both retrospectively across the thousands of patients we've treated already, but prospectively going forward across those patients, learning what certain patterns of combined imaging, genomics, histology, so what the tumour looks like down the microscope with advanced techniques. When you see a particular pattern, when you bring all of that information together, then that can tell you, actually, this patient might have a 90% chance of responding to this kind of treatment. It is about now understanding whether they're responding to treatment, but it's actually more about getting the right patient's treatment first time. Sure. And how do you think ICM will transform patient care in the new Cambridge Cancer Research Hospital? Well, our hope is that beginning with those diseases we talked about, we'd spread that to all cancer types. And so I think it will be two things. One, it will, it will make the reason we call it the Cambridge Cancer Research Hospital rather than just the Cambridge Cancer Hospital is patients will know that when they walk in the door of that hospital, they're not getting routine care. I mean, they're getting very safe, top range, really high quality care but it's going to be at the bleeding edge of research. It's going to be the optimal um, opportunity to give them the latest, best possible therapy. So I think it will transform patient care by steeping within it, almost within any, every patient, if we can, research in the way we treat them. The second thing is it will basically, as I said, bring the power of all of that unified information to their bedside for their care. And so it will give them the optimal increased chance of extended life, but also reduced risk of toxicity. And it'll be exciting to have everything under one roof, all in one place. Absolutely. You've touched on this a little bit already, but do you see it as a treatment pathway for all cancer patients in the future? I think it's inevitable. I think with the government's founding of the Genome Laboratory Hubs, which is a flag in the sand of we're going to bring genomics to all diseases, you know, we see increasingly advanced imaging. We see increasingly sophistication in the way we do pathology. So that's when an individual looks down the microscope and looks at the patterns of cells and says, it's this kind of cancer or it's this kind of disease. All of that's happening. And so that pathology has been transformed into digital pathology with many very special, sophisticated stains with the capacity to look at multiple different proteins and genes being expressed in that tissue. So it's completely changing the way we do those kind of diagnostic processes. So it's inevitable that all that data has been brought together. I think what integrated cancer medicine does is recognise that and provide a paradigm by which we can start to integrate that data. 
So I think this is an inevitability that it is going to happen. So it will be the process by which we integrate these different modalities for the future. I think it will also help us understand for diseases. So although, although the paradigm of bringing this data together, it will also help us to understand when a particular test is not going to be of value. And that's really important for patients because we bombard them with lots of different tests at a very traumatic time. So if we can understand which tests will be valuable and which tests won't be, we can again personalize how we approach the diagnosis of that patient and their monitoring throughout their treatment. Sure. Do you think it will be specific to Cambridge or is this translatable to other hospitals in this area and perhaps even further afield? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, one of the overarching concepts that I want to instill in the cancer centre here is we're not going to invent anything that is only useful in Cambridge. If you only benefit from this in Cambridge, then it's a waste of time. This has to be something which is transportable. And I think that's one of the most exciting aspects to me of integrated cancer medicine is that traditionally very advanced technologies, also specialised individuals who are really good at looking at imaging, really good at looking at pathology, really good at making treatment decisions. Like any set of professionals, you're going to have um, a spectrum of ability in that area. You can't have the very best doctors everywhere in the country at any one time, but you can create algorithms and platforms online where when you put that information in, they can support local treatment decisions that is just not available otherwise in that centre. So I think the great thing about integrated cancer medicine is because a lot of this can be moved online as a tool that can be deployed anywhere. It will certainly bring excellence and a real homogeneity in which we make our decisions across the NHS. That's excellent. And do you see any, any challenges with that? That's a wonderful yeah, opportunity. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, one of the things that's wonderful about the NHS, I mean, it's first of all, it's a fantastic system. So we have a single party payer system of one healthcare system, which is largely excellent across the country. It's pretty remarkable in a country the size of the UK that we have this phenomenal equal quality of care. I can tell you, I used to work in the US, I worked there for 15 years, and the disparity across healthcare there is much greater and the money they spend on healthcare is much greater. However, in a system which is very overstretched, uh, we hear that a lot, it's very topical at the moment in the NHS. And again, bringing to each individual trust this complete reworking of the way we approach cancer. It's not that that's going to be impossible to do, it's going to be a challenge and it will be a journey with each of the individual teams in each area to get familiar with and engage with and understand how these processes can work and help them. And that's the key thing, is once individuals realise this can transform the way they practice and it can transform the lives of their patients, I'm sure any healthcare team is going to want to use this kind of approach. Sure, of course. Where do you see the centre's research taking us in the next five to ten years? We have four strategic priorities in the Cancer Centre. The first of those, because this is Cambridge, obviously is to do really fundamental basic research and that will remain a major pillar of what the cancer center does cambridge has got some of the brightest minds in biomedical and the stem researchers and also of course in the social sciences and we want to ensure that each of those brilliant individuals is engaged in improving the lives extending the lives of patients with cancer so i think fundamental research will be very critical to what the cancer centre does. Whether that's understanding why a cell makes cancer in the first place and goes wrong, or inventing new drugs, or inventing new ways of detecting cancer, that will be very, very important. I think the proactive approach to cancer, which is our second strategic priority, will be critical, and that combines integrated cancer medicine that we talked a lot about, 
but increasingly early cancer detection, which is one of our biggest programs. It's now a physical institute in the cancer center. We're about to refurbish one of the buildings on the biomedical campus that will house the UK's first institute dedicated solely to early cancer detection. And that's using fundamental science, but to understand why the blood makes cancer in the first place and why solid tissues make cancer in the first place. And the reason why that's very important is because there is a, a real strategy nationwide, not just in the cancer centre here, but it's a major strategic priority of Cancer Research UK, of the government in its new long-term plan for cancer, of the life science industrial strategy. All the strategies is about early detection of disease, because we know if we intervene early, it is less costly for the patient in terms of their chance of cure, and it's less costly for the healthcare system in terms of the intervention needed. So we really want to be able to detect cancer early. And then the other priorities will be using that research environment to train the next generation of leaders and researchers in cancer so that they're trained in an environment where early detection, where integrated cancer medicine is practiced. This is what we do. And so when they emerge as, as the next generation of leaders and researchers, they're equipped to take on that mantle and carry on with those kind of approaches. And then critically, all of this is founded on a relationship with patients. We talked on that with integrated cancer medicine. We very much see the patient as part of the research team, as part of the treatment team. This is not something we do to patients. It's, it's a collaborative effort with the patient, both to help us understand what we should be studying, what matters to patients. And then also, because of early cancer detection, integrated cancer medicine, it's critical to have the participation of the patients design our research in a way that is accessible to, understood, and embraced by the patient and family population. Sure. And where do you see integrated cancer medicine taking us in the next five to 10 years? What I'd like to see in the next five to 10 years is that, first of all, it's, it's proven as an approach, but also that we start to see some of the first tools emerging online, and that will involve collaboration with industry. Research can go a long way to pushing activity into the healthcare sector. But it really takes industry partners to commercialize this, to build it into a tool that people will use. And I, I hope in the next five to 10 years, we will see these being used across the country as a way of treating patients and helping us to diagnose and manage patients better. And I think the other knock-on effect of that will be on the workforce. Medicine is very overstretched in this country. And there's a lot of jobs that doctors do or that we need doctors to be doing that we just don't have enough doctors to do. And I think some of these algorithmic approaches will help us to do some of that work. Doctors, of course, will still be the leaders in this, but it will take a lot of the busy work out of the way so they can focus on really understanding how best to treat, manage, and guide the patient. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much for talking to me this morning. It's been such an interesting conversation. Nice to see you, Ali. <laughs>